This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Oh, yes. Let's talk about it. Three o'clock hour. This is the second hour of On the Block. <clears throat> East Stricken Austin Norman here every, every day. You can also find us on 951 on Channel Allo. Uh, you know, well, on Allo, Channel 951. I said that backwards. But anyway, Austin, we're going to get into some Nebraska football now. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of... Uh, time that has passed. We're getting into the summer months. There's not really much going on until we get into the fall and get back mm-hmm. into fall practice. Um, there's some things coming up in the summer um, that we may be covering. Uh, I hope to be covering with with uh, one of the best to do it here is DP. Uh, Going to probably head out and take a look at Wimbenyama and uh, go out to, uh, to Vegas to look at that. Um, obviously, we still have Big Ten. A media day mm-hmm. to deal with. So there's some stuff in the summer that we're going to get into. But thank you, Mary Ellens, for your consistent greatness in the culinary aspects of life, taking care of the food out there at 27th and Pine Lake. Mary Ellens, food for the soul. You can always go out there and have a wonderful meal and let Charles and the crew know that we sent you. Now, let's get into Nebraska football. Um, something big happened. I mean, it may not be big to everybody, but I think it's pretty big. I mean, especially for me being a being a Thunderbird mm-hmm. uh, uh, alum. But uh, Daniel Kalen uh, decommitted from Missouri. Wonderful text. Um, he expressed himself very well in the decommission. Uh, then within uh, 18 hours uh, of being in the transfer portal, you get big news. And it goes back to what we had talked about here on the block about – the fact that what are they going to do? Are they going to be a transfer for portal quarterback uh, drawing? So every year there's just there's that uncertainty. There's those question marks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Riddler with the you know the crust <laughs> you know that that mm-hmm. little thing standing in the middle like mm. um, that's what you have. But they finally landed after we know that Dylan Raiola decides to commit and go to Georgia. Mm-hmm. One of the other ones that was a target decommits from Missouri, and I you, you have to speculate, but I'm going to let you touch on what your thoughts are about the decommission and the signing of, uh, well, the committing. No signing, because you can't do that. You've got to go on campus. So there's all that stuff to go to. But the, the commission of, uh, the committing of Daniel Kalen to Nebraska. It's interesting to me, Strick, because the more I read about it, the more – I think that Daniel Kalen always wanted to go to Nebraska. Uh, you can you can sense that. That it was his dream. You know, he said he moved here when he was eight. He grew mm-hmm. up you know, watching Nebraska and always wanted to run out of that tunnel, that sort of thing that we hear a lot. Um, it also sounds like Nebraska did a good job with his recruitment, um, that it made sense for him at the time to commit to Missouri, that they were honest about going after Dylan Raiola, but said, hey, as soon as we know on him, you know, if it's good news, sorry, we really like you. Good luck somewhere else, young man. Or if he says no, hey, we're right there with you. You know, we still want you to, to at least consider us. It sounds like Matt Rule and the staff did a good job on that front. 
Now, this is where I have to realize my lens as someone who has never been in that position that Daniel Kalen has been in. Yeah. Never been recruited. Plain and simple. If Nebraska's my dream school, if I have an idea that Dylan Rayola isn't going to pick Nebraska, why do I commit anywhere? Why don't I just pump the brakes a little bit? He was committed to Missouri for a couple months is what it was. And, you know, if Missouri says runner-up, okay, cool. He would have been happy there. Would have been a good fit for him. Could have learned, grown, would have been fine. Maybe Nebraska gave him a, a non-committable offer at the time. But again, it's dependent on one guy, on one quarterback. If you don't think that guy's going to go to Nebraska and you think that they'll, you know, come back around to you, that you're essentially 1B, why do you have to commit to Missouri in the first place? Great question. That's that's what I don't know, not having been in that position. Maybe, you know, he was led to believe Joel Raiola was going to come to Nebraska. But to me, it doesn't square strict because if you want to feel like a priority for this school, as soon as you're not a priority, wouldn't you commit somewhere else and say somewhere else, oh, I'm going to prove those guys wrong. They wanted someone else instead of me. But if it is your dream school and that's where you want to go, why do you commit somewhere else? I mean, and you're a quarterback. You know what that looks like when you're one of the top players in the recruiting class. You've trained your whole life for this. You're the leader of the recruiting class. You're trying to get guys to come play with you. It just doesn't completely square in my head. But, of course, as a Nebraska fan, great. I'm glad he's here. He made the right decision to welcome home, young man. So it's just a question that's thrown out in the air again. It's one that we can't really answer. That it, 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 Not definitively unless we go and sit down with the young man um, and if I'm a parent or I'm, I'm advising him not to get into that discussion, you know, keep right. that, keep that in, in the air, <laughs> in the mm-hmm. ethosphere. Right. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I would say I, I, I tend to lean with you on, uh, looking at that. But then I also know that we're dealing with a generation that is, uh, like I talked about sometimes Ralph Tresvani. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're very sensitive, yep. right? So mm-hmm. basically, um, the part of your generation didn't have to do like we do. Um, it's very micro microwave generate. It's very McDonald's. Show up, pull in the drive-through, get it in a minute. It's very open. Like, when my mom used to make oatmeal for me, it took 20 minutes, if not. Now we've got minute oatmeal, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's come to that, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you've you gotten to a point now. I, I like the fact of signing as a junior. I did. Mm-hmm. I signed as a junior going into my senior year. And the reason is, and this is why I'm, I'm thinking this is a part of possibly why he did it. You want to be able to focus, hone in, be tied in, don't want to have a whole bunch of stuff in your ear you want to concentrate and focus on the season get the work done hopefully win a state championship or do whatever you need to do for for the team mm-hmm. right so i can understand why he signed early that's a put, put possibility but then i also look at he's looking at the landscape you've got to be in the recruiting in the recruiting uh area of 2024 trying to figure out how to put the stepping stones of your your younger players and minimize the tie-in. You want somebody in the system long-term so mm-hmm. that they're learning, 
They understand yep. the program. They help to establish the culture. Mm-hmm. They they learn leadership qualities from those who are above them. Mm-hmm. See what it's like. Not have all the pressure. You want those type of things. And this is why I think if you're recruiting, they couldn't. They couldn't really recruit him because he was committed to uh, Missouri. So wait, no, you can. I think you can as long as it's just a commitment, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. as long as they're not in college, yeah, you can, you can, you can. So there's no, yeah. yeah. So there's no, no. Co- what do they call it? Collu- not collusion. What do they call it? Tampering. Tampering. Yeah. So there's no tampering. Well, I mean, so they can have conversations with him and still kind of, hey, how you doing? Check in on him and stuff like that. Right. I mean, we yeah. hear the signing day flips all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other coaches are in contact, even though this kid is committed. He's just signing his, you know, letter of intent. Someday, they're in constant contact with him, trying to flip him up to the last minute. Yeah. So, no, I don't think there's anything out of bounds about that no, no, um, no especially not in the world of college football as cutthroat as it is where if you were to give up on a guy just because he committed somewhere else kind of be a wimp you know I kind of think of uh, what Michael told Jim you know engaged isn't married you know and he wants to go after Pam in the show so that's just kind of how college football mm-hmm. works again I would I would love to know why he decided to commit at the time and what his mindset was but bringing it back to Nebraska it does sound like he's all in. It doesn't sound like there's, you know, room for a flip necessarily because, like I said, he's the guy. He, he's felt like the guy. He said yeah. pretty much that that Matt Rule and his staff did a great job of yeah. still, you know, making him feel valued yeah. even in their pursuit of Dylan Rayola. Yeah, he's he twenty twenty four. He is the guy. Um, he's banking on basically. He's gone to Vegas. He's banking on going to the crap table, putting down his 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 bet, <laughs> and. Rolling because if if Jeff Sims becomes a Hennon Hooker or becomes something on that level where he blows it out the water, I mm-hmm. mean Marcus Washington goes for almost a thousand. You know, uh, one of the receivers we don't know which one because we still try to figure <laughs> out who's who and who's going to do it. They go nuts and he becomes somebody similar of interest that. Um, like Richardson. You, Richardson, yeah. similar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he's banking on that. He's also banking on the fact that I'm 2024. 20, I'm looking at the competition. I feel that I can compete against those other guys. So really, Jeff Sims out. Jeff Sims two years. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm getting better. I'm mm-hmm. working on my craft. By my sophomore season, if I decide to redshirt, I can watch. I can watch, okay, what kind of season did Jeff? Ooh, I can come get him. You know, I mean, like, you you get a front row seat right here in state as to what's going on down in Lincoln with Jeff Sims. Is he thriving, shining, possible bolt, or is he tanking? And now I've got a shot. So that's what he did. He's, he went to the crap table. He, he, he rolling the dice. He rolling the dice. That's what I'm curious to see, too, because we had that conversation when Nebraska missed out on Kalen and Raiola both, is what does Jeff Sims need to be for Nebraska? Now I think you're a little bit more covered, but I still think the best option is Jeff Sims here for two years mm-hmm. at Nebraska mm-hmm. because I'm just still uncomfortable with a redshirt freshman or true freshman coming in without mm-hmm. having redshirted trying to lead a team yeah. of guys that are older than him without having played in the Big Ten before. Yeah. I know it's not necessary. I know guys have come in and succeeded before, 
But to me, the best case scenario is two years of Jeff Sims because that means next year when Daniel Kalen's on campus, he sits for a year. Mm -hmm. And yes, he'll learn probably a slightly different offense. Again, assuming he is the guy for a couple years, they're not going to run the same offense. Jeff Sims is more mobile. Mm -hmm. He has a bigger arm right now. The offense isn't going to look the same. But that doesn't mean if I'm Kalen, I'm I'm not looking at how they're treating Jeff Sims, how they're working with him, mm-hmm. how they've targeted what he does well, how they're you know game planning toward that, mm-hmm. and then building relationships with the younger receivers, trying to get guys in the door with the running backs. Hey, here's what I'm looking for. So even if he's not going to be playing in the same offense that we see this year and maybe next year, he can still learn a lot as he waits to get his shot at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And I think that's the best case scenario. And I think that's the one that if I'm rule, I'm trying to establish. Because you're going to want somebody that's going to be here. Let, let, let's, let's be real. Nebraska was, was solid, mediocre, say what you will about it. Back in the day, I'm talking about back in the Broderick Thomas and, and those days, Turner Gills. Solid. I mean, mm-hmm. couldn't really break it through. You know, was coming up short to Oklahoma quite a bit, you know. But then guess who shows up on campus? Tommy Frazier. Turner, Gill before that, and then took a while. Then Tommy. Mm-hmm. Shows up and wasn't the head guy, mm-hmm. but had what it takes to break through. Now, I'm not saying Kalen is that. Dylan Riola has potential pedigree to be that. We still don't even know if he's that. Mm-hmm. But you're, you as Nebraska are at the crap table. You need to shoot your shot, hoping that you hit 7-Eleven on the first row, (laughs) right? right? You want to hit. And you need something like that to hit because that's transitional change of programs like getting a Tommy Frazier that pops Mm -hmm. in as a freshman and able to Mm -hmm. stay. Now you've solidified the spot. He's consistently being that. You got great backups to feel if you need in any situations where there's some, some injury that might pop in. And that can change your program around. Absolutely. So let's say Jeff Sims just plays one year at Nebraska, that he's comfortable with his draft position after having a good enough year that he leaves. Do you hand the reins to Kalen as a true freshman coming in? Does Heinrich Harburg get a year to prove anything? It. Do you go to the transfer portal? I think you fight it and you jump, you jump in the portal. Mm. I think you jump in the portal. You have to because you, 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 it's like we talk about. You're going to want somebody that has some tape. Big like you're not going in the portal looking for somebody that – you know, oh, well, maybe. Not it's a lottery a, ticket like, at quarterback. Like, you had Casey Thompson, who had proven starter minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you, you took Purdy also. Mm-hmm. Purdy was a crap roll. Purdy, sure. Purdy was, a, was take the dice, let's see. Mm-hmm. We know we good here, but let's see. <sighs> mm, you know what I mean? Now you're mm-hmm. like, huh. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Crap, possibly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at the end of the day, I still think you need – to put somebody that you know that has been there, has handled, has run a team, all he needs to do is figure out what this offense is mm-hmm. and still let him fight because he might be able to overtake him. Mm-hmm. But I think you would still need to jump in the port. If Sim bolts, you still need to yeah. jump in the port. If Sim stays, I think you're good. I would tend to agree. Let's take a pause right here. We'll get Brian Munson on the line, talk more about this and some other Husker recruiting headlines on the other side. <laughs> 